Welcome back to another episode of the Balance of Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have someone that you probably have never heard about before. She is someone that I have never spoken to in my whole life. We don't do any projects together at all. Just kidding. I have the wonderful, the beautiful, the strong, the badass, Kim Schlock. Kim, Wow. That was quite the intro. Thank you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Um, If you guys didn't know, Kim and I do the Decades of Strength podcast together. And so you may have heard her on other episodes, uh, which is why I was, you know, spitting some bad jokes at the start. But Kim and I are on that other podcast together. But we were like, you know what? We're going to do one, just us, because I think Kim has... Kim has a great story and also a really unique perspective in that, you know, you've been, you have been what you're turning 50 this year, right? I'm turning 50 this year. Yeah. My year. This year. And with two decades between us and having like totally different life experiences, I think it's a great, it's great to have like the conversation be on like kind of the back ends of, of both of our journeys and, uh, and just kind of talk about, what, what you're going through now and, and all that stuff. So for anyone that doesn't know you, uh, can you talk a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, tell the people who you are? Sure, sure thing. So as Sam said, I am a 50-year-old, well, almost 50-year-old woman. I'm a mom. I have three kids, teenagers, and I am a person who struggled with obesity and yo-yo dieting for a good chunk of my life. And now I help coach women through those issues. So I got a handle on my nutrition and my training and my mindset and my life in my early 40s. So that was not that long ago. And now I coach other women to get strong, lose weight, you know, make peace with food, actually be able to enjoy eating and still lose weight, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love it. And I think like, I think, Kim, you do such a good job at... Uh, talking about things really like in an example, like using examples and not speaking in abstract. I think a lot of coaches will be like, oh, just don't do this thing. Right. And like, or they'll be like, oh yeah, just stay on track. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? You know? And, (laughs) And like you give like real examples of things your clients do or things you do or like ways to make it relatable. Like you break it down really well. You know, I'm a big believer in being practical and exactly what you just said, showing people what does this actually look like in my day-to-day life? It's something I do on my stories a lot. I talk people through like, 
hey, why did I make that decision about my food this morning? Or why did I do this thing different with my workout this week? Or what did my client do? All kinds of things. And what were the, what's the backstory behind it? What were the steps in mentally to get to, you know, point B from point A? Because I think there's a lot missing there. Like people like want to get to point B and they're at point A and they hear the words, but they don't know exactly what the actions are to take to get there. And there can sometimes be a lot of them that don't, they're not as obvious. Like once you hear somebody say them, you're like, really, that's what it was? Like it's kind of, that's kind of easy to understand, but actually coming up with it on, on your own can be hard. And so I like to give people concrete examples of, hey, here's why I'm doing this. This is what I was thinking. Yeah. Can you share some of those things that you do? Like I know you post a lot on your story about certain topics, like the last bite or the walking or God, I don't know, like the way that yeah. you prepped. Um, can you share some of those with everyone? Yeah. So one of the things I talk about a lot is leaving bites behind. You're not a trash can. And the first time I did it, I just, it was last summer. And I was finished eating. Well, I was finished eating, but I still had food left in my bowl. And we're talking like three little bites. And I randomly took a screenshot of it and posted on my stories. And I'm like, would you stop eating here? Or would you eat these bites? Could you imagine leaving them behind? And I had a bunch of people go like, why would you do that? That's wasteful. Or like, I wouldn't do that. That's my food. Did you already track that food? Because if I track that food, I'm eating that food, right? <laughs> and, and so I was, and throughout the day, like I was getting these messages and I was showing them, talking to people about the idea of, once I'm satisfied, I stop eating. And those three bites at each meal that I'm not hungry for can be the difference in losing weight versus not, mm. whether I'm tracking my calories or not. And I was at the time, so I'm like, yes, I already did track this food, but I'm not going to, the fact that I tracked it, dictate whether or not I'm hungry. I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> and it's really important to develop the skill of, I don't eat when I'm not hungry. doesn't matter if it tastes good, whether I already tracked it, or if somebody's sitting there staring at me being like, don't waste your food, like I'm not going to eat it. Um, so that's one thing. And I talk about it all the time. And I, every time I talk about it and every time I show it, I get really emotional responses from people. They're like, I have struggled with this my whole life. I feel like I have to clean my plate. Mm. Like, you know, there are starving people somewhere and me eating this half a hot dog that I don't want is somehow going to help that problem. Yeah. You know, and it's very illogical when they start saying it out loud, but it feels wrong to them. Yeah. So that's one example. Can I ask before you give the next one, yeah. how, do you, how do you coach uh, someone through that shift of like the, like the being wasteful, right? Or like I tracked this or how do you get them to feel like it's okay to not have those last few bites if they're not hungry? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, one thing I will say is it's practice and I let them know that you're practicing this and you're not going to feel comfortable with it. And the first few times you do it, it's going to feel wrong. Um, and we're going to talk through that and you're going to talk back to yourself. And that's what I have them do. Talk back to yourself. You can say things like, if I'm not hungry and don't need this energy, it is just as wasteful for me to eat it as it is for me to throw it away. And then we also have the conversation about is, are the only two options, either I throw this extra food away or I eat it. Like, are those literally your only options? Aren't there the options of like, share it with someone else, give it to the dog, put it away for the next meal. There's lots of other options right? And all of those are valid possibilities. So we, we brainstorm around those, but then we really do come back to if those aren't an option, you know, if you're out to dinner and you're going somewhere else, you don't have anywhere to store your food and your choices are either leave it or eat it. Isn't it just as wasteful to eat food you don't need? So having that conversation and usually it takes practice. It doesn't, that, it's not like they hear that and they're like, oh yes, Kim, now I have no issues with it. They practice doing it and they get more comfortable with it. 
And the other thing I have them remind themselves is they have an important goal. They want to lose weight. And this behavior is taking them further away from that goal. And so there has, they have to find a way to reconcile that. And those are the kinds of things, conversations we have multiple times that, that end up helping. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Like with all these small little things that maybe we'll go over a few more, but it's like, is this thing getting you, it's either getting you closer or farther away from your goal. And it, it's like a great way to break it down and make it super simple. Like is, are these extra bites getting me closer to my goal or not? If I'm not hungry. Yeah. Like, and then it's like an easy, like, yes or no. It's like, duh. Well, no, I'm not going to eat it. You know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that I talk about a lot and show practically how to do it is getting more movement in. Mm. Um, it's an overlooked piece of weight loss success is that people are usually way more sedentary than they think, right? They think because I work out four times a week, I'm an active person and they qualify themselves as an active person. And so I do have my clients track their steps. I do talk to people all the time on my stories and in my feed about, you know, track your steps and get a baseline. And so many people are stunned when they realize that they are moving very little, that they're getting 3,000 steps or 2,000 steps on a daily basis. And that is not an active person. I don't care if you work out four times this week, if you're getting two two or 3,000 steps a day, like you're not an active person. And then we talk about the impact that that can have. And what that means is you can, one, either lose weight faster or two, get more food in, right? And still lose weight if you just move your body. And then the, the couple of things that I hear a lot from people are, I'm too busy. Like, I don't know how, how would I, I don't have time for all of that movement. Like, how would I do that? Mm-hmm. Or like, well, that's easy in the summer, but now it's cold. You know, those are a couple of big ones. And just this week, I was on my stories showing one of my clients, she's, she was in Canada. She is in Canada. And they were, they're in the middle of this cold snap. And she messaged me and said that right now, they're one of the coldest places on earth. And she still oh got her 10,000 10, 10, steps. Hell yeah. She did it um, by walking inside. She was walking mm-hmm. inside on her treadmill. She set up a, she, she messaged me a picture of her new standing desk she had made at her house. So when she worked at home, she's a board over the railing of the uh, treadmill with her phone on it or something. But, you know, she's like, I, I have to do this somehow. Because yeah. she a lot of her walking outside and she does it in little small bits because then the, I met, I was telling another client, no, one of my clients saw this on, on my stories and messaged me. She's like, look, I know the lady in Canada got her steps. In. <laughs> this is my client who lives in New York. She's like, it's not the cold. It's cold where I am too. It's not, the cold doesn't bother me. It's just that I'm really busy. And so I messaged her back and I'm like, let me tell you about my, my friend in Canada. She's a mom. She has children. She has a sick parent who is, has been diagnosed with cancer and she helps run a bank. <laughs> it's like busy is not an excuse. Yeah. It means you have to find the time somewhere. And that's the thing that I like to help people do. So where did she find the time? She gets up in the morning and she walks the dog herself. She doesn't ask one of her kids to do it. Moms, we're busy. And so we're always asking our kids, oh, run up and do this, right? Or go outside and get that. Do it yourself. Like you run outside and get the thing or upstairs and get the thing. That stuff adds up. I have clients who they um, have started walking circles in their living room at night just to hang out with their kids and they're talking to them, but they don't sit, they don't sit and do it anymore. They stand up. And she, one of my clients was telling me that her teenagers were posting pictures of her on videos of her on their Snapchat. (laughs) Insane. Like sit down. She's like, I'm not sitting. (laughs) Just walking laps in the living room while they visited. Same client was telling me that she has older children and she said she cannot believe all these years she's been trying to lose weight. 
she's a little older than me. She's been trying to lose weight for years and she has spent hour after hour sitting in the car or sitting on the sidelines during practices and games. Mm. And she's like, why was I sitting? She's like, because what I realize now is if I get up and walk, it makes all the difference. She's like, I'm losing weight. And it's not because I'm putting on my exercise clothes and going out for a run. It's because I'm moving every day, all day long. Yeah. He walks to meetings. She has a big job in DC and she one day messaged me from a bridge, some big bridge in DC. She's like, look at me. She's like, I was just, the, the meeting was a mile away across the bridge and the traffic was bad. So I'm walking across the bridge. I was like, that's amazing. Amazing, right? Yeah. And so looking for where is the time you have the time to do this, mm-hmm. but looking for that time, you know, right. when I quiz my daughter at night on science, I stand up and pace their room while I ask the science questions. You know, I'm still there present in the moment talking to her, but I don't need to be sitting on my butt while I'm doing it. If I need 3000 more steps, get up. Right. Yeah. I think really what you're saying too, is like, if your goal is big enough and it means enough to you, then like your excuses won't weigh out. Yeah. It's like about getting clear with yourself. Like, do you actually want to lose the weight? Because if so, it requires that extra little bit of thought or effort or, you know, prioritizing like your time, like where can I sneak in even like a two minute walk? You know, some Mm -hmm. people would be like, no, it's not worth it. And it's like, no, no, it is like something is better than nothing. I mean, I say it all the time, but it's so, it's so true. Like this morning, I only had three minutes before like my, my first call of the day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put my coat on and like go outside really quick. And I probably got 500 steps. I don't know, but it's better than those not 500 steps, you know? Yeah. Then just wasting those three minutes scrolling on Instagram, right? (laughs) Because that stuff adds up. You do that enough time. And also it just shifts your thinking. I am a person who moves. I am a person who gets up and gets stuff done that needs to get done in the little pockets of time, right? I'm not a person who just sits around scrolling on Instagram. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any um, small shifts around what you just said? The like, I am a person who, I think we had talked about this previously, and this is a great one to kind of shift mindset. Literally start telling, like reframing things. When you catch yourself saying things such as, I'm just, I'm a snacker or, you know, I overeat on the weekends, all of these things, anything you hear yourself thinking or saying out loud, I have a sweet tooth. All of these things you hear yourself saying that, that is the time to reframe that. And you don't have to be disingenuous and be like, no, I don't. I'm, I'm a person who can pass up chocolate. You don't need to go the other direction, but what you can say to yourself and then start being is I am a person who is practicing eating chocolate in moderation. Mm-hmm. I am a person who only eats when they're hungry. I'm a person practicing only eating when they're hungry. And that part of like the element of like, I'm becoming this person, I'm practicing being this person is really important because we can see ourselves. We don't have to be so judgy of ourselves. Like I'm a big failure because I still overeat the chocolate. Oh no, I'm just practicing. I'm practicing being that person and it's taking me some time. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off of you. Like even for me too, I do the same thing. Like when I go into the gym, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I've reframed it recently too. Like thinking like, oh, okay, like I'm going to show up and do the best I can. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm practicing working out. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm practicing going to bed earlier. And yeah. I think it just takes that like standard that we often set for ourselves off a little bit. And it kind of just lets you breathe. And if you don't do the thing like a hundred percent, it's okay. Like you just stop being such a jerk to yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see what's possible. You don't define yourself in such in terms that are going to inhibit you from reaching your goals. And yet you do it in a way that doesn't make you feel bad. Yeah. You know? For sure. 
So I think this is like a good way to kind of segue into one of the topics I wanted to like really dig into with you, which was um, like weight loss in general, like as you reach, you know, menopause or like as you age and those thoughts, those beliefs that you were talking about, like, oh, uh, my metabolism's slow or like I can never lose weight or I've never lost weight. And maybe if you want to like talk a little bit about maybe beliefs you had previously or ones that you hear from clients that you coach um, you know, in the late, like maybe mid forties to even up to like sixties or older that feel like it's too late for them. Yeah. Well, and that's the general feeling like, has the time passed? Is it too late? Can I, can I even do this now? Is my metabolism working against me? You know, we hear this so much like, Oh, our metabolism slows down as we age. And yes, one of the, a true fact is that after the age of 30, Mm -hmm. we start losing muscle mass every decade. But there's a caveat. If you're doing nothing to prevent it, if you strength train and if you eat enough protein, you will not lose muscle. Heck, you can gain muscle. I'm flexing right now, everybody. You can't see. But yeah, I see her guns. They're pretty fucking big. This, this girl's strong. This all happened in my 40s. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's amazing. It's so I did. I didn't even start until a couple of years into my 40s. So the reality of the situation is we have control over so many things that we, when we think it's out of our control, when we throw our hands up and are just like, woe is me, right? I'm older now. I'm in menopause. My metabolism is slowing down. That's why I don't look the way I want. And I guess I just can't. When what we can realize is it is our behavior. It is not our age. It is not menopause. You know, there are some, there are some factors that I'm a person who is deep in perimenopause. It has not been a joyride. I have really struggled the past few years. I've struggled with lack of sleep from hot flashes. I have struggled with just not feeling well because I've had things like allergies and panic attacks and all that. You name a weird thing that can happen to you related to your health. I've had so many of them related to, like my hands would get freezing cold and I couldn't even think straight. They were so cold. All related to menopause. Most of it all happened before I realized that's what it was. I thought I had, I thought I had all early onset dementia because Sam knows this because she works with me. I just forget. I'll have a mid-sentence and I, it could happen now. I have no idea what I'm talking about. There's so many strange things yeah. that happen in menopause, very disconcerting things, things that make you not feel well. This can affect your ability to lose weight in that you might stress eat. Like I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm upset. I might be stress eating. I'm not sleeping. Hey, I'm probably not going to get the best workout nor am I in the best frame of mind to make the hard choices. Yes, I want to eat that cake. Yes, I do. And I don't feel any willpower. I feel like I didn't get sleep for the third week in a row, right? Right. So we have these extra hurdles that come in, but it is not like because you are in menopause, you can't lose weight. Because you are in menopause and having menopausal symptoms, you have some extra hurdles to climb. But in the end, if you climb them, when you climb them, you will lose weight just the same as anybody else. You will lose weight the same as, you know, a 20-year-old woman or a 16-year-old boy or whoever. You, as a menopausal woman, will lose weight the same way, which is getting into a calorie deficit. The trick is overcoming those hurdles. Right, yeah. I think a, a huge part of it is, like, the awareness that that is the the real root cause and that you are going – it may be a little bit harder, but once you, like, identify and – and acknowledge like, okay, there's some roadblocks, but it's part of it. And it's not, doesn't mean like I suck at this or like, I'm not good at this or I'm never going to have it. It's like, 
okay, prefacing with here's realistic expectations and then let's like just be consistent as all hell in, in focusing on like the right things. Absolutely. hundred percent, Sam, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it kind of sucks. There's a lot about getting older that kind of sucks. There's good stuff too. You know, there's good stuff too. I can't think of anything yet about menopause itself. That's good. But getting older is good. You know, I feel like I, I can speak from a place of so much experience now, you know, I just, and I tell clients this all the time when people approach me about training with me and they tell me about all the diets they've been through because they're in their late forties. I tell them, I think it's a good thing because you've done it. You're not tempted to try a crash diet because you've done it. You've done it three times. You've done it four times. You know what, how it's going to end. It's going to end with you gaining all that weight back. And so coming from that place of wisdom is a really good thing. Um, so that's a good part of aging. Yeah. And, and I think like your, your hindsight can be somebody else's foresight. Like I've really mm-hmm. been thinking a, a lot about that as a coach and as a mentor, no matter how old you are, like whatever your collective and cumulative experience is, it's like, it's a, it's a gift to be able to help someone bypass, you know, what if you like seven years, right. Of like figuring yeah. stuff out and, and messing up and like feeling like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to stay this way. And it, yeah. it feels like, well, all right, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that even from young people too, like even I have gotten so many DMs from women that are in their late teens, early twenties that feel the exact same way as someone that's in their forties, fifties or sixties. Like, and it's what are they blaming it on Sam? Like genetics? No, they don't necessarily blame it on anything, but they feel like they're too deep in their own shit. Like, ah, they're too far gone. Yeah. They think they are too far gone. And it's like, it's there. It's just not cut out for them. Right. It's not in Mm -hmm. the cards. And it's crazy that at that young of age, like you still have so much life left, hopefully, of course, but to, to feel that way, like you're almost like so victimized in your current circumstance to see, to feel like, nope, I'm just not gonna get there like did you did you have or do you remember like when you had that point yourself the point of feeling like this is impossible and it's switching to like yes it is yeah yeah for me it wasn't a moment in time it was a moment over a period of time um I I had lost weight so many times I was really beat down I was really like I was always looking, you know, I would look at these women's magazines and see like, oh, the, the crazy eat this, the, this month diet, that's going to work. And I was really quite convinced that I was just missing some piece of information. I was missing the thing. Like, what was it? I thought it was missing it. Mm-hmm. And for me, the moment where things switched for me is when I realized there was no thing. Yeah. There was no thing I was missing. And it happened because... I started losing weight. I had some guidance, um, a friend who was walking me through it. And it was literally like, we're going to go to the gym. We're going to work out. We're going to lift heavy weights. And you're going to start eating some meat and some vegetables and stop eating in the snack cupboard all night. Like that, that was the plan. And it was working so well. And I was changing so dramatically in a relatively short period of time that as that was happening, I was wrapping my brain around the fact that I had spent all these years looking for some secret piece of knowledge that literally doesn't exist. Yeah. Like it, there is no secret piece of knowledge. It really is like, hey, vegetables are good for you and you should eat them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you eat a bag of pretzels every night, you're probably not going to gain weight. You're probably not going to lose weight. It really was. I was just eating too much food, not eating enough good food 
eating way too much junk food, which was just exponentially increasing my calories, even though it felt like a small amount of food, what I was eating was so calorie dense. And that was the problem. There was no, there was no magic piece of information. Uh, You know, there wasn't, it was not going to be Garcinia Cambogia or something like it. I remember being so friggin' mad when I realized I was taking some medication at the time that that stuff came out and it was contraindicated with my medicine. And I was just sure I had missed the boat now. Like that was it. That was my chance to finally lose weight and I can't take it. There's the pill. When, when I actually finally started seeing weight loss from moving more, lifting weights, eating some friggin' meat and vegetables and not eating all the junk food all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's literally what people have said. And I guess that that's it. There is no, there is no secret. Yeah. You just got to do that stuff. Yeah. And it's hard to do that stuff. And it's hard to do, it is hard to do that stuff. But if you're out there looking for the secret, that's it. It's what you already think it is. It's yeah. the hard work behind what you already think it is. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. I love the, I was missing the one, I thought I was missing the one thing, but there was no one thing, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. that is so, so just like, it's such a truth, you know? And I hope listening like, whoa, yeah, that is me right now. Because you can be so distracted looking for that thing and like, where's this amazing guru who's going to show me the way and like where's just the right article just the right weight loss book like looking for this one thing and I was so distracted like hunting that down that I was missing like hey all the stuff we've talked about here like get up and move some more you know don't eat food when you're not hungry like all that stuff that really would work that's so simple I wasn't doing any of it yeah. And you didn't even like vegetables, didn't like you, haven't you like had to force yourself and now you are starting to like them more? Yeah. So I, um, so I did not like vegetables as a kid. The only vegetable I would eat is really random. I would eat creamed spinach. <laughs> so <laughs> I, is that not the weirdest thing? I and I would eat corn on cream spinach. Before. Yeah. Creamed spinach and corn on the cob. Those were my childhood vegetables. <laughs> Such terrible memories of trying to like be forced to eat peas. I just gave up vegetables. I did not eat vegetables as a grown up. Almost never. Occasionally I would say I was going to eat a salad, but I wouldn't really eat it. It would just kind of be there, right? Like I didn't really eat it. I didn't like it. All the other things. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't eat it. I didn't want it. I just didn't like, and during this period of time when I was starting to lose weight, uh, this friend of mine, and I said, I didn't like vegetables because that was one of the things he wanted me to do. And he's like, I don't don't care if you don't like vegetables. You you need to learn to like them. And I was like, okay, it's right. Like I have to be a grown up, and I have to learn to like vegetables. And it's not like I then just started pouring piles of peas on my plate. I did a couple <laughs> of things. One, I gave myself an out and I'm like, you never have to eat these vegetables, Tim. I hate peas. I do not eat them. I hate green beans. I do not eat them. To this day, I do not eat peas or green beans. But there's like 9 million other vegetables out there, right? And so I started with what seemed the, the least disgusting to me. And that was salad. I'm like, I'm just going to start putting a little bit of salad on my plate and eat it like with my chicken, mm. you know, and I would like put a piece of lettuce with the piece of chicken and be like, I can do this. Right. So it was little bits. It was really little bits. And then I was like, you know what? I really like grilled food. I really like the taste of grilled food. I'm like, I wonder if I can grill vegetables and how do you grill vegetables? And so I learned how to grill vegetables. And so I started grilling. um, I I like onions. I'm like, that's sort of a vegetable-ish kind of thing. So what else can I put onions with? So then I started grilling onions and zucchini with garlic paste. I like the taste of garlic. So I'm like thinking like, what do I like? How do I like to cook it? Right. And you might be a person listening to this who's like, I don't like garlic, but you know what? I really like dill and I like potatoes. Wait, is there another vegetable I can eat with potatoes and dill? Like, can you mix things together? So you find something you do like 
a way of preparing food you do like, and you start mixing the vegetables in in little bits, right? Yeah. Then I was just kind of eating lots of grilled, and I say lots, I was eating lots for me of grilled vegetables. It was still quite small portions. And I just kind of eased myself into it over the years. And I would be like, okay, now I can maybe add this little bit and try different things. And now I eat vegetables every day. It would be a weird, rare day if I didn't eat a vegetable. Yeah. And I, and I can genuinely say I like them. Like I just had a, an amazing salad for lunch. It was delicious. What was it? It was really good. I liked it, you know? And it's funny when I, sometimes people who know me, they're like, you got excited about a salad. You hated salad seven years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and now I like it. Yeah. What was in your salad? So this was actually just one of those kits. I really like chopped, finely chopped salads. This was an Asian salad kit. I don't use most of the stuff that comes with it. I used um, the Panera poppy seed dressing mm -hmm. and rotisserie chicken. And so the chopped up Chinese salad part, it's like cabbage and carrots and like red, three different kinds of cabbage, carrots, and that really like, it's um, very crispy. And that's what I really like, that texture where it's really diced up small and it's crispy. That crunch, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. And it's easy, right? I don't have time for, I don't have time for anything that's not easy. I'm too busy. So the fact that it's a bag salad kit like that, it was literally like dump it in, grab some rotisserie chicken, shred it up, a little bit of dressing and I'm eating. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think you just touched upon like so many good points. One of them being like, what is the smallest shift? So like for anyone listening, I think like it may seem like the right thing to do is have these like grandiose gestures, right? Or like go to extremes or be like, okay, I'm going to eat vegetables at every meal or like, okay, I got to increase my protein. Okay. I'm going to now aim for 200 grams. It's like, well, no, like, yes, maybe one day that will be you, but listen, like, you know, Kim and myself, like when shifting into getting healthier, it's like, you just got to do the least work that doesn't feel that much different because mm -hmm. you kind of can't like, or else you're going to shock your body. Like you're going to shock yourself into it being so much of a big deal that you just can't handle it. And then you just go the opposite direction and you're like Twix bar for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what it is, it's not like you physically couldn't do it, but mentally it's like, this is too much. This is too much effort. I don't have time for this. Right. So at the, you can, you know, for a person who doesn't walk, like if you all of a sudden set a goal, like I'm going to walk 12,000 steps a day and now you're getting two, you could totally do that. Physically, I know you could handle it. You might be a little bit sorry. You could totally handle it. Like right now, if you went on a trip to Disneyland, you would probably get 15,000 steps. And it'd be cool. You wouldn't even think about it, right? You'd be kind of tired, but you would just do it. But the day in and day out of your life of going from the 2,000 to the 12,000, you're going to be like, screw this. I can't do it. It's too much. Like it's just going to take too much time and too much preparation. And I have other things I want to do. Whereas if you ease yourself into it, you could be up to 12,000 within this year easy. I did that. So I was last year when I switched from in-person coaching to online coaching, I was not moving. I was not moving. I was sitting, what I'm doing right now, sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. And when I realized, like when I got a step tracker and tracked it, I'm like, it's like 3000 steps. Like this is a problem. I didn't jump to 10,000. Sam, you've been here the whole time. I was talking to you about like how I was struggling to get movement in. Yeah. And now I can easily get thousands and thousands of steps in but I worked my way up there. Like, yeah. where can I squeeze those times into my day? Now I don't take a phone call unless I'm standing up. It's be rare that I would not be walking around my house. Yeah. So I eased myself. Even now I still ease myself into the changes that I want to make. Yeah. And you guys like Kim is a coach. She helps other women do this, right? Like she's also gone through this. Same with me. You guys know, like I talk about it all the time. Like I didn't start out the way with my habits. There's no way. Like and if, if you think about it and put it in perspective to something that you already do right now that 
someone said to you like, oh my God, I can't believe you do that, right? Like maybe it's a skill or a hobby and you're like, oh yeah, I just like do it, you know? That is exactly now Kim's life when it comes to walking. She just does it because it's part of her life and it's a habit and she's built her way up. She didn't start walking 10, 15K steps. And just like you didn't start being really good at the violin or whatever the skill is that people compliment you on. It's like, no, it's just like, I've just been working on it. And like, I've prioritized it. And I think at the end of the day, it's like getting real, like being honest with yourself and being like, okay, like I have a goal and I haven't reached it and I still haven't reached it. And if I want to reach it, I gotta, I gotta make a little shift. So. Absolutely. And you know what? I bet if everyone who's listening right now thinks about something that they just know they're good at, and it doesn't have to be something fancy, like, you know, Sam said, like playing a violin, it could be that, but it could be literally something that your friends are like, oh, you do that so well. Like my best friend is amazing at keeping her her house just so organized. She is so organized. Like her kitchen always is clean. And I'm so impressed by that. Like, mm. and she has systems down and she just does these things. I don't do any of this stuff that she does. And for me to start doing all the stuff that she does to get my house to be as permanently organized as her, it would be too much at once. She does come and help me sometimes. She's like, oh, if we just make this change and that change in your bathroom and you do this each time you in the morning and I can do those little things. But if I tried to switch and be her, like it just wouldn't work. It would overwhelm me. But she doesn't, it doesn't take much, doesn't take any thought from her. This is how she runs her house because she has the systems built. It's the same thing with the eating. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with exercise. We haven't built the systems yet to make it easy in our lives. So think about that thing that your friends are like, oh, you do that so well and know that you can do the same thing with eating and exercise. You can. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I think, I think just to make it like relatable for people that like, if you're already succeeding in something, which you, you are, you, you're human, like there's definitely something that you're good at, then you can apply that same concept of how you got good at that thing to fat loss, right? Or to moving more or to eating healthier. It's the same Mm -hmm. concept. It's just across a different discipline or a different outlet. And when you can see that you're capable of being successful in something else, then it makes it, I think, a lot easier mentally to be like, oh, okay, I don't have to go balls to the walls. Like I could just add a serving of vegetables at my lunch, just start there, you know, or I could just add a walk in, you know, in the morning or after dinner, you know, I walk with my partner or like I go for a walk during my lunch break or something super small. And that's how I started walking more too. Like my steps were, when I looked at my averages from like 2016 up until now, my averages were like 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. Then like, and I didn't know, like, I didn't even know about steps then. Like I didn't track them or anything. Mm -hmm. Now my average is like probably 14, but it's because I'm super conscious. I don't drive a car. I bike and walk everywhere I go. And I have made it a point to take all of my calls walking. So it's like, I have, I use my clients as built-in step like additions to my life. Cause I know yeah. if not, I'll just sit at my desk. Like I know myself. So it's like, if I schedule calls, like at least one a day or something, it gets me on a 30 minute walk every day. Uh-huh. And it's like, if you can know yourself that well, like, Oh, like I'm definitely not going to walk after work then like, don't plan your walk after work because you know you're not going to do it. That's such a good point, Sam. hundred percent. You know, don't like totally shoot yourself in the foot there. Like figure it out. Like, you know what, if you're a person who really likes sunshine, go out and take a morning walk, you know, don't wait until it's dark and cold. Or if you're a person who just wants to have some alone time after the kids are in bed, maybe that's the time to go take a walk. You know, Mm -hmm. we kind of put boxes around things a lot, kind of like, the only thing you can eat for breakfast is like eggs or pancakes. Like you could eat chicken at breakfast, right? So it's the same thing with moving. It's not like the only time you can exercise is before work or after work. There's a million times you could do it. 
Yeah. You know, I tell clients all the time, like, look, if you're really struggling to get movement in every time you stop to run an errand, just walk more there. When you stop at Target, don't just do your shopping, walk around the inside of the store two times before you even start. You yeah. know, that's a lot of steps. That's oh, a lot sure. of steps. And they probably appreciate that. No, like as a busy mom, like I can imagine, like you just want to get away from your kids for a second. Like, like, I don't know what it's like, but I, I can imagine that if that day comes, I'm going to be like, peace out kids. Love you. <laughs> I've got to get some time for me. And so just like doing the extra few laps at Target could really make a difference for your mental health too. Just to like, absolutely. Absolutely. It really does. <laughs> Until your husband finds you in the back of Target doing what, <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're like, no, <laughs> nothing to see. I'm tending to my health, dear. <laughs> <laughs> in the bathing suit section. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, so I, as you kind of approach this 50 year mark, I know you mentioned it on your story and I wanted to kind of like wrap up with, with this topic, but I think like the idea of aging is, um, I think we've podcasted on, on it before, like aging being like a sign of like beauty and like wisdom and all this stuff. But for you, I'm curious, like, do you have any, um, I guess insights or things that you wish you would have done or thought about differently as you head into this kind of like next decade of your life? Like, you know, if you had to look back and reflect. Things I wish I had done earlier in my life differently. Oh yeah, I gosh, I can tell you a whole bunch. Look, I'll tell you one that's important to me. It's a message that for me, it's important for young girls to hear. It's important for women of all ages to hear. I really wish that I had started exercising earlier, specifically strength training for two reasons. One, it has done so much for my sense of self-confidence that to learn like, whoa, I am an actually strong person. I can do amazingly hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And that would have done, that would have been a world of difference for me in my early twenties, you know, and in, in my late teens, like to see myself as a strong person. Cause I didn't, I didn't see myself as a strong person until I was like 41, 42, 43, whatever age it was, 43. Yeah. You know, so for that reason, and also because you're just going to appreciate it so much later, put as much muscle on your frame as soon as you can <laughs> get some muscle on you early. It doesn't mean you have to look like a bodybuilder. You know, probably the look you're going for if weight loss is your goal has a lot more to do with muscle than you realize. And I didn't know that. And now I'm just like, whoa, I wish I had started this sooner. Um, I lost, like I said, I've lost weight so many times. And there were times I had been successful and I was like, huh, this is what this weight looks like. That's not what I imagined this weight would look like at all. This is, this is it. And I was just like, I still kind of just look like I just did. I'm just, I'm smaller, but I'm still squishy. Like this isn't what I thought. And the missing piece was muscle. I didn't have any, you know, I just didn't have any. And I wish I had started when I was a teenager. You know, you can't make people do stuff. I always want to tell my daughter, like, now nah. it doesn't work so great to tell your kid, but I, I wish I could tell my younger self, like, hey, start lifting weights now. Stop trying to be a runner. I tried to be a runner forever and I hate running you know, so pick up some friggin' weights. <laughs> I love that. Um, and the, yeah, the weights thing, I think for me on my end, like, I think I probably take that for granted because I was introduced to it pretty young. Like, I think I took like a weightlifting class in like high school and then I didn't start actually like, you know, like consistently lifting until my early twenties. But now I see like, yeah, I, 
I'm very grateful I started when I did. And I think that's part of my message. Like yours would be like, start as early as you can. And mine is like, prevent that feeling of wishing you had started earlier because every day you wait to start is a day you have to wait to see the results and prevent that, like not regret, but like prevent that, like knowing down the line, like, Oh my God, I wish I just did it. You know, I wish I started then. And then you'll feel so good when you have a few years under your belt of experience. And you're like, I'm so happy. I started when I did like, no one ever says like, I regret starting like, (laughs) no, (laughs) nope. That's not something I've heard yet. Um, I do hear from people who are like, excuse me, I'm I'm all of a sudden yawning. (laughs) (laughs) It's the menopause. (laughs) (laughs) I think yawning can be blamed on that. Who knows? I can blame anything on it these days. Um, but what's about to say? You had someone come to you and in, in I don't know. Now that was a menopause. I can't, I get so easily distracted. Seriously, <laughs> Sam. Like if I if I don't continue with the thought, the chances of me knowing what I was saying if I get interrupted by anything, I'm gonna yawn. I have no idea what I was saying. I think I was I think I was getting ready to say that you know people when they're my age, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s. They do really have this sense of like, is it even worth it? Is it too late for me? Yeah, yeah. and. I have to tell you the changes you can see will be, will happen sooner than you realize. Um, mentally getting stronger, even at this age, you know, I have women, I work with plenty of women in their forties, fifties, and sixties. I've even had women in their seventies who like, you know, learning to do a push up for the first time, like practicing being able to do that. That's like, Whoa, look at me go. Like I can do stuff. Like I can't believe I could do this. I never thought I could be a person who could do a push up. I never thought I could be a person who could do a pull up really impactful for sure yeah I love that um what is what is something that you are grateful that you started it could be recent or or past but I know we talked about something that you wish you hadn't but what are you what are you grateful for that you have that you did start let's see um related to health and fitness or just generally I guess whatever stands out to you um Gosh, I was terrible with health and fitness. I did not do much right. Look, I'll tell you something generally in life, uh, traditions. I'm a person who does a lot with traditions. Mm. Most people would be like overwhelmed with the number of traditions we have in my household. I love it. I thrive off of it. I think it's created a really nice life for my kids. You know, we have have birthday traditions and Valentine's traditions and New Year's traditions and we have traditions for everything and it's fun. You always have the best stories on like, Oh, I went to a pie, a pie night and we <laughs> ate pies and I tried out, I'm like, what? Or like the I, games and all the things you have so much fun. I love that about you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the whole tradition thing. Like I like to create fun for my family. Yeah. So. And on that, on that vein, like, I think you can make your weight loss. It may not be like super fun. Right. But like there can be fun parts about it. So like finding Absolutely. the things that you don't love more enjoyable and the things you like turn them into things you could love. Oh, I'm so with you. There are so many ways to make weight loss more pleasant. Look, if we're talking straight up exercise, finding a podcast you love to listen to while you walk, that's amazing. Like I look forward to listening to stuff while I walk. So, or even um, like an audible book, Mm -hmm. you know, and having it be like, this is my book I listen to when I walk. That's fantastic. That's, you know, that's really helpful. Or meeting up with, with a friend, you know, finding an online community that you can connect with. Maybe you haven't connected with people ever about the health and fitness before. And then having that is fun, you know, and meeting people from all around the world who are trying to do the same thing you are. That's fun. For sure. 
Yeah. Uh, what is the funnest thing that you have done lately? Funnest thing that I have done lately. Gosh, I'm always doing something. Um, funnest thing I've done lately. Uh, last week we randomly on a Monday night when I had way too much work to do, my kid came home and it's like, Hey, who wants to go ice skating? Can we go down to the city? Can we go to the city? I live near Philadelphia. Can we go down to the city and go to our favorite cheesesteak place and go ice skating? And I'm like today, like tonight on a Monday night, it's literally like, it's the Monday. Everyone has gone back to school after the holidays. We've already had holiday fun, yeah. but he's only home. He was only home from college for another week. And I'm like, I can't believe he just asked this right now. But we did it, and we made it happen, and we drove into the city oh at rush God. hour uh, and got ourselves some cheesesteaks and went ice skating outside um, by City Hall, which was beautiful, and the weather was perfect, and we laughed and laughed and had a good time. That's so fun. And see, like, I think that's a perfect example of what happens when you've lost the weight and you can say yes to a thing like that because you are now at a place of... I know you're losing fat, you're in fat loss phase, but generally like you're at a place of maintenance in life. Like, yes, you might be in like yeah. a small fat loss phase, but you're just maintaining your lifestyle and like a cheesesteak is not going to ruin your progress. Like it's okay, you know, and, and being able to say, okay, to a situation like that, I think is probably, that probably wouldn't have been the case maybe like, you know, a while ago, it may have been. Yeah. Thought about and it. I have to say not even too many years ago, it would have freaked me out because it would have like hampered me in my dieting efforts. Like I can't fit a cheesesteak in. Like, are you crazy? Like, and I wouldn't have said that, but in my head, I would have been freaking out about that right now. I was more freaking about it. Like I am too busy. How am I going to do that? But I will tell you, it, it was still a deficit day for me. I'm in a fat loss phase and he, luckily he messaged me early enough in the day. I rearranged my calories and I rearranged my expectations for what it meant to get a cheesesteak. And I said to my, my son, who's my oldest son, he does not eat that much. I'm like, uh, we can definitely do this. I'm sharing with you. Yeah. And so we got a big cheesesteak and I took the section that I knew was going to fit into my calories and I enjoyed every last bit of it. I had a protein shake and a salad before I left to go. Yeah. So, so that just goes to show you guys that like, if you have a goal, you can always make it happen. Like mm -hmm. you may have to get creative and resourceful, but that's going to be part of it. Like, just like anything, like if you want something badly enough, there's going to be obstacles always. And so yeah. like preparing for that mentally and then with actionable things, like Kim just said, right. She knew she was going to have a higher calorie meal. So maybe she ate a little bit less earlier in the day, or she filled up on veggies or lean protein, protein shake because she wanted to be able to have it all. She wants to have her goal, but also to have fun. And it's possible. Like, I think that's a perfect example of like kind of your whole, now your whole like mission, right? Is like, you can lose weight. It doesn't have to suck and you can get results. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's like all how you perceive it, you know? And, and th what's that story? So I love yeah. that game. Well, thank you. It's so nice having you on and like just talking about your life instead of all of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love it all. I love being with all of you. I love just sitting here and chatting with you. I love talking about this stuff. It's yeah. important stuff to talk about because so many people are in such a state of, I just can't do it, or I don't know where to start. And I think it just really helps to hear people who, you know, I love, it's a, such a huge compliment to me when people are like, you are such a normal person. Like, Look, I eat my food out of the salad bowl. I cook it in guys, because I don't have time to wash the dishes. Like I am a busy person. I am not like, I'm not, you wouldn't see me and be like, that's the fittest person ever, but I'm pretty dang fit. You know, like I'm just a normal person and I'm a normal person who can eat a cheesesteak and still lose weight. And so can you. Oh man, that's a statement to go out on. Well, <laughs> uh, before we, before we wrap up two things, um, we're going to do some round Robin fun questions. And then Ooh. secondly, um, I'll have you share where people can find you and what you're up to and 
all the things you want to share. Um, so we're gonna do some rapid fire, just, just questions. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. And then, um, we'll go into the other stuff. All right. So, uh, first thing is favorite exercise. Deadlifts. Ooh. Okay. Sumo Uh, deadlifts specifically. Sumo. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Do you wear a sumo suit while you, while you deadlift? (laughs) No. Will you? (laughs) Uh, I wear my fun, fancy, tall socks that like look like chicken feet. Those are my favorite. All right. We're going with it. What's your least favorite? Uh, Bulgarian split squats. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. I feel you. Um, favorite food. Um, okay. I have a tie spaghetti and meatballs. That's up there. Cereal. Okay. Cereal and spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, I think you've answered this before, but I'm going to ask anyways, food that, uh, you wish had no calories. Oh, cereal for sure. I just want to eat it all. I love it. And it's such a sad food because if you ever poured a serving of cereal, if you're listening and you like cereal, get your box, look what the serving size is and measure it out. It's friggin' depressing. There's, it should be illegal. It's so small. It's so small for the calories. I don't understand it. That is a conversation I need to have with God when I meet him. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite place traveled to? Oh, I am a person who has been blessed to travel a lot. Um, Paris is right up there for me. I really had an amazing experience in Paris. All right. Um, oh, the next one is, oh, I just blanked. (laughs) I I had a menopause moment, a pre, pre, pre. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is it catching? (laughs) It's hitting. (laughs) Wait, I remember now. What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite quality about yourself? And then your favorite physical feature about yourself? My favorite quality about myself is I am extremely persistent. That can really annoy people, but <laughs> I'm persistent. If there's, if there's something I want, I keep working at it. Um, you know, I do. Um, and then my favorite, did you say my favorite physical feature about myself? Yeah. My favorite physical feature about myself. Um, I like my eyes. Mm, I do too. They're great. Thank get you. lost in those babies. They're like oceans. <laughs> and I have to say, I've put a lot of work in on my glutes in the past few years. So I, oh. I kind of like them too. Guys, go check out Kim's page. Her glutes are nice. <laughs> <laughs> I expect okay. to see comments complimenting me on my glutes. Do it for the booty. <laughs> okay, spirit animal. Spirit animal. Um, I'm going to go with tiger just because I really like the song Eye of the Tiger. Oh. Is that song too old for you? Do you know that song? Oh, I, I know that song. All right. It's from oh. Rocky. It's yeah. a Philly movie. I love that song. <laughs> All right. And last thing, uh, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? Oh my gosh, Sam, that's so heavy. That comes after what's my spirit animal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you the extremes. <laughs> the legacy I want to leave behind. Um, holy cow. That's a heavy question. I have not thought about that. Um, that I hope that people who know me are better off because they spend time with me. That's beautiful. I feel that way. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Hugs. So many hugs. hugs. <laughs> we are hugging. <laughs> we are hugging. So for you guys listening, if you want to go uh, check out Kim, which I don't say if, I should say when you go check out Kim, head over to Instagram. I think she's mostly there, right? 
You're on. I am on Instagram. I have also been making a big push on my YouTube channel. So if you like more longer form things, check me out on YouTube. Kim Schlag Fitness everywhere. So Schlag, my last name is S-C-H-L-A-G. So YouTube, Kim Schlag Fitness. I'm on Twitter a bit, Kim Schlag Fitness, Instagram. Um, my podcast, besides Decades of Strength, that's one of my podcasts. I have a podcast as well called Fitness Simplified with Kim Schlag. And I talk about all, all the things, health and fitness, menopause, aging, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'll put, I'll put uh, all of the things in the show notes so people can go and find you and, you know, um, but thank you so much for being on. It's so fun. Just like having this conversation. It's also funny. Like I get to know you more, even when like, I know you well, but then we do these things and I'm like asking you questions. I'm like, Oh, I'm learning things. Well, Kim too. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. I'll have to have you back on my podcast again soon too. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you. And I think this is super valuable. Thank you for sharing your insights. And like I said, letting your uh, hindsight be my foresight too. And a lot of people listening. Um, And yeah, I I appreciate you. Love you a lot. And I'm sure that I will be talking to you probably in the next 24 hours. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks so much, Sam. Bye. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you so much, you guys, for being here as always. And thanks to Kim for just sharing her like practical tips and just reminders that it's really never too late or it's it's not, you're not too far deep. You're not too far gone. No matter how old you are, you could be approaching 50, you could be 70, you could be 15 right now. It doesn't matter how old you are, it's never too late. And I really hope that that message resonates because I think for me, even when I was in my deepest, darkest stages in my um, in my body, I kind of felt like it was too late too. And someone had to remind me of the truth and pull me out of that space. And so if right now you are struggling to kind of get yourself out of there, just start with one small thing like we talked about. I hope that all of Kim's insight and knowledge has been super helpful for you. I love her. She is such a wonderful friend in person. And if you are not already following her, go give her a follow. She's such an awesome person. Um, And if you like this podcast, please screenshot it and tag us, Salty Lifts. And if you want to tag Kim, Kim Schlag Fitness, and uh, let us know what was most helpful. I love hearing from you. I hope you have an amazing day and I will catch you on the next episode.